This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. My name is Cassie Smith, and I'm excited to get to share a Word in Season with you today. We are on our 95th episode, and as we near 100, I want to encourage you to make sure that you hit the subscribe button, whether you're listening at Charisma Podcast Network or on your favorite podcast platform, hit subscribe and never miss a word in season. So I've been thinking a lot lately about planting. I've heard the phrase so much my entire life, but especially during this political season, we reap what we sow. And I begin to look through the scriptures on sowing and reaping and harvesting. And I found a scripture in Genesis 8, and it says this in Genesis 8, 22, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. This was God's covenant with creation following Noah and his family exiting the ark. They built an altar unto the Lord and there became a soothing aroma and God began to turn and bless his creation. And at the end, he's setting a new life cycle. He's beginning to decree a new way of living. And that included seed time and harvest. Seed time, that's one word. Uh, I didn't realize that. (laughs) For a long time, I thought when preachers were saying seed time and harvest, they were saying three words. But seed time is the season of sowing. It's a period of original development in which a gradual unfolding takes place. There is a working out of the details of something. That time happens as the seed is buried deep into the ground in an unseen state. So a seed can mean the literal seeds that we use for crops or gardens. And we see that in Genesis 1, verse 11 through 12. It says, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Seed can also be in reference to the human seed. Most of the time that's speaking about the male seed, but in Genesis 3.15, God cursed the serpent or the enemy. He said that he would put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And we know that that seed is speaking of Jesus. Seed can also mean the salvation seed. In 1 Corinthians 3, Verses 6 through 9, we see that Paul says, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, and it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work, for we are both God's workers, and you are the field. So it can be literal seeds for crops and gardens, human seed, or the salvation seed whenever we speak about the seed. And we know that time, that's pretty much something we don't need to define. Most of us understand time very well. It is the existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole. Ecclesiastes 
3 says everything has a time. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. This week, as I was thinking about the farmer and the seed, I thought about how when the farmer plants the seed, he does not mourn that he can no longer see the seed. He doesn't lay his body over the dirt and begin to weep that he cannot see what's going on beneath the soil. No, instead he trusts the seed to the process of seed time, the time that follows the planting. If given proper care, the seed will break its shell and begin to establish roots. Soon the shoot will spring forth from the dirt, sometimes as soon as five to ten days, depending on what type of seed we've planted. What is the farmer doing during this seed time? He is tending to the environment that the seed is growing in. He watches over it. He's already studied all that he needed to know, and he prepped the ground for the harvest long before he planted. Now he watches, he works, and he waits. Once the farmer has planted, he moves on with the process of nourishing the unseen seed, awaiting what it will be. He goes to bed early, he wakes up early. He's alert to the conditions of the soil, and he's alert to the weather. He understands the season that he has planted in. For me, I come from East Texas. I have family that are in farming. The only time I saw a farmer mourn was when his crop was destroyed by circumstances beyond his control. It's the only time you're going to see a farmer mourn. But so many of us as Christians, I think once that seed is planted, vision goes deep into the ground. We begin to mourn as if that seed has died. We figuratively lay our bodies across the dirt. And when the rain beats down, the seed cannot get any nourishment. When the sun comes up, the seed cannot receive any light because we, in our disappointment and discouragement, have laid across that seed. What we should be doing is like the farmer in the natural. He is watching, he is working, and he is waiting. He's allowing that process of nourishing the unseen seed. We need to understand the time and the season that we have been planted in. The vision God has given us for 2020 and beyond is one of rapid expansion, not to build up our ministry, but to build up His kingdom. As we continue to assist in disaster relief and crisis response across the globe, we are cognizant that it takes local impact to sustain true transformation. These communities need the help before during and after the need arises. We need consistent resources to help those courageous leaders on the front line in their communities across the world. You can be a part of transforming lives by giving today at somebodycares.org. We are here for a purpose. The farmer is going to perform Eight major steps from the time he selects the crop until the time he harvests it. In those steps, there are critical decisions that are time sensitive and there is a cost to count with each step. The same is true for us as Christians. Our mandate is to fulfill the Great Commission that we find in Matthew 28 and Mark 16. However, too many of us have been walking around with bags full of seed that we never intend to plant. We are proud of our little bundle over our shoulders. We are full of the seed of God's word that we have received for ourselves. But God never intended for us to hoard the seed. He means for us to plant it, to be good sowers everywhere we go. I love the story of the farmer who went out to plant some seeds. 
You can find it in the Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and Mark. I'm going to read it from the Gospel of Matthew. It says, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell onto a footpath, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Here's what I love most about this parable. Unlike a traditional farmer who considers where he plants, this farmer of this story just scatters seed. He isn't a stingy farmer hoarding seeds in the bag because he is afraid they won't produce. How much more should we be willing to tell the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere we go? We have hope, joy, peace, that this age needs. Instead of being concerned whether it's a rocky ground or amongst the thorns, what if we just scattered seed and trusted that the same God who raised Christ from the dead can bring life even to those little seeds that are in the harshest conditions? Maybe for you, it's not so much stinginess and carrying around your bag of seed, but it's laziness. And the Bible talks about that as well. I promise we're going somewhere (laughs) with this farmer and seed story. So let me get past kind of the negative parts. I've been in that place where I have been stingy and I have considered too much, whether that was going to be good soil to give an encouraging word, or I've talked myself out of it because I thought "Ah, they're not going to listen. They don't care. And I've hoarded it. And it could have been the very word that finally broke through the hard place. And I've also been this next one. I've been a lazy farmer. In Proverbs 20, verse 4, it says, If you're too lazy to plant seed, it's too bad when you have no harvest on which to feed. How many times have I shrugged things off, been too lazy, been too tired, gave excuses, never planted seed, and then come harvest time, everyone else is out harvesting, and I have nothing to harvest because I've not been dutiful in planting the seed. Maybe you're like the morning farmer I mentioned earlier who feels like you've lost something when you've dropped that little seed into the ground. I want to remind you that while the seed appears to be buried, it is only planted. What has to die and break away actually gives way to life that is hidden underneath. In John 12 verse 24, it says, let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat all because one grain died. Today, let's get up. Let's break up the fallow ground. Let's ask God for new seed and try again. This time when we plant, let's finish the process. In between the sowing and the reaping are those steps of growth that include light, water, temperature, and nutrients in the natural. And for a Christian, it's our consistent walk in holiness. It's making those little choices along the way that lead to those big moments in life. Staying refreshed and renewed in God's word. Staying hot in your pursuit of God's presence on a daily basis. 
2 Corinthians 9, verse 10 and 11, says this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. In Hosea 10 verse 12, it says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. So we have seed time. We have that time from when the seed goes into the ground until we are able to then harvest it. Be patient in the seed time. So our harvest is gathering. It is another step along the process. And just like all the other steps, it is going to take effort and it is going to be work. The preparation, the planting, the tending, this harvest step is work as well. It involves gathering. There's got to be a plan for our follow through. When the harvest is here, what are we going to do? How are we going to be able to handle the dream fulfilled? In order for any vision to be fulfilled, we have to look at the end result first. Consider the cost. Look at the end of your life and what is it you want people to say about you? What do you want to be remembered for? Being able to answer those questions will help in your today to make those decisions. Those decisions are seeds in the ground for your family, in your career, and in your ministry. Every decision is a seed in the ground for seeing a future harvest. And during harvest time is just as much work as it was to sow and attend. The difference is the harvest time is a time of joy. Even in the having to get up early and get a team together and doing the follow through, whether this is, I'm talking about your life, your family life, your work life, or your ministry life, the harvesting time is gonna take some effort. In Matthew 9, 37, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, the harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. Part of being a harvester is that you've got to rally other harvesters to come along and help. And also look around. Is there harvesters near you who are straining to get the harvest in on their own? What if you took your vision and dreams, your very life, and begin to connect it with like-minded within your community? In the book, Somebody Cares, which is being revised and retitled to Mending the Net, Doug Stringer calls that co-pastoring a city together. I recently read a story of a farmer in North Dakota who, as he was bringing in the harvest, one of his combines caught on fire. And during the ordeal of trying to put it out, he had a heart attack and was airlifted from his farm. As he was in recovery, two local farmers began to organize a harvesting event. And before long, 60-plus farmers and all of their equipment were on his field to bring in the harvest. Can you imagine if we, as the church, operated with that same mindset, that the most important thing was that we bring in the harvest? When our brothers and sisters are sick and unable to tend to their field, that we take all of our harvesting equipment and go work their field. What if we co-pastored a city together? It's going to take work to bring in the harvest. And sometimes that work means 
that you're not only tending to your field, but to the field of your neighbors. In Proverbs 14, 4, it says the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. The scripture is the animals that work your field for an abundant harvest. In today's time, we use more equipment than we do animals, but that equipment has to be maintained. That equipment needs to be kept in good condition and clean. It cannot be left to rust and rot in the field during seasons you're not using it. And I don't want to call your leadership team or your employees um, animals or equipment, but in that same sense, your leadership team, whether that is in your business or in your ministry or even within your family, those that are leaders need to be tended to and cared for and worked with. There's going to be messes that have to be clean (laughs) and circling back around to make sure that everyone has minds clear and their hearts are good and they have what they need and they're being nourished and cared for just as much as that soil was being cared for while the seed was planted, just as much as the harvest that you're bringing in needs to be cared for and tended to. Your leadership team needs to be watched and cared for. And if you don't want to do that, then just have an empty barn. If you don't want to do that, then don't expect a harvest. And everybody take a deep breath. (laughs) I know this is um, maybe a little bit of cool water on our faces today, but I just want to encourage us all, myself included, that there is seed time and there is harvest time and that there's going to be times where it's cold and heat and winter and summer and day and night and there are seasons that change. But the one thing that doesn't change and we can put our faith and hope in is the word of the Lord. And that that word is a seed in our hearts, that our lives are a seed to this earth. And those things working together are going to produce a harvest. We may sow in tears, but we will reap in joy. And I want to encourage whether you are a mourning farmer, a stingy farmer, lazy farmer, a farmer working on your own and feeling alone, feeling like you you need help. I just want to encourage you today. In Matthew 9 that I read earlier about the harvest being huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. The next verse, Jesus encourages them to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And then in chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 12. That may be the same for you. Maybe you're in a season of feeling like you don't have a team. You don't have the right employees. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to God to send workers and then begin to look around who is around you. Begin to lift them up, encourage them, help them find their vision and their dream. If you help another person find their vision and dream, you will find your vision and dream being fulfilled. For a farmer, this cycle doesn't only happen once. As he brings in the harvest and has that time to rejoice, he is already thinking about what he will plant next when he will plant next, what he needs to do to prepare the ground again to receive the seed. This is a cycle that will go on throughout the farmer's entire life and much the same. You may be sitting there listening and feel like you have been in this cycle of constantly, man, when am I ever just going to sit back and relax, see the dream fulfilled? The truth is it is not The dream being fulfilled, that is the whole purpose of our lives. The dream is being fulfilled every single day you wake up, every single day that you draw breath, 
and that you sow encouraging words, give away your kindness, be compassionate, give joy, help someone anchor into the hope of Jesus Christ. Every single day that you do that, you are God's dream being fulfilled on this earth. It's not so much our dreams, but it's God's dream being fulfilled on this earth. I heard it said once, the journey is the destination. And that phrase changed my whole perspective that instead of sitting around and waiting for a dream to be fulfilled or to reach a destination, understanding that the journey is the destination. Every day matters. Every decision matters. You may feel like an unseen seed, but you are not unseen to God. He has been watching over you. He knows your time. I want to close out with Galatians 6, verse 8 through 10. It says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So, Father God, I pray over every listener today. God, I pray that we would not lose heart, that we would be encouraged today that there are cycles and there are seasons and they repeat. It is not discouraging to have to be in a planting season again. This is part of the process. This is why we're here on this earth. And so, God, I pray for just renewed strength. God, that there would be a revival of farmers in the spirit, that there would be, God, just good seeds being planted in this season that we're in. God, that we would see the great awakening that our hearts long for across this nation and across the nations of the earth. Father, let it be here on this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805 805- 422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.